Hey, you're listening to That Witchy Stuff, and I'm your host, Celeste. Hey, witches. Guess what month it is? It's October. October is the month for witches. You can't get me to ever say anything different than that. That's what it's for, and um, I'm sticking to it. So this month, we're going to talk about some things that are a little bit on the spookier end of things, Um, some ghosty stuff and, and stuff like that. I'm super excited because I have someone lined up to be a guest speaker this month who is um, like an expert at with EVPs and um, ghost hunting and, and all kinds of stuff. She's awesome. I've known her forever. Um, and it just like, I almost didn't even think about the fact that I know her because she's like outside of my witchy life. But anyway, um, I'm hoping we'll get that um, recorded soon-ish. Um, but yeah, so this month we're going to talk about some things like, um, communicating with the spirits and stuff like that. Um, and I want to, I want to try to remember to mention that you guys can follow us on Twitter at stuff underscore witchy or on Facebook. You can look for the group. It's that witchy stuff, same as the podcast name. And um, don't forget that it's completely private. Anybody can find the group, but no one can see who's in it or what's posted. And also, it doesn't show up like on your profile if, um, like, if you've if you've joined the group or whatever, it it doesn't show up anywhere on your profile. Um, So yeah, I wanted to I want to start mentioning that at the beginning of the podcast because we don't always make it to the end of a podcast, you know. Um, Oh, and one more thing, uh, big news. We are, um, our tiny little podcast that is just, you know, nothing is about to hit, uh, 10,000 downloads or listens or however you want to say it. 10,000 though, that's a big number that I never thought was going to happen. I mean, I didn't imagine there would be a hundred listens. I really didn't imagine there would be 10, so to hit 10,000 is a really big deal. And I'm, you know, I'm just floored. I'm floored that you guys put up with my stuttering and stumbling and distractions and weird background noises and all of that stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, I really care about you. And I want to kind of show my appreciation, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So we are going to do a giveaway. Um, the best way I can figure out to do it would be to uh, every, every like if you are part of the Facebook group or follow on Twitter or both, you get one entry for either of those. If you share the link to the podcast and um, use probably a hashtag, um, if you do that, then uh, you'll get another entry for every share. So I realize not everyone is able to share uh, the link. You know, if you're not, um, if you're very much in the broom closet and you don't want anyone 
to find out that you're a witch, you may not want to share it. So I understand that, but you still do have the chance to win because just being in the group or um, following on Twitter will get you an entry. And I think probably the only way I can really think to, um, to do it is, well, I was going to say to that you have to be a part of the Facebook group to do it, but that doesn't make sense for Twitter. All right, I'm going to work out the final details and we'll um, let you guys know, <clears throat> excuse me, let you guys know in uh, short order. Um, mostly because, oh yeah, right, sorry, lost my train of thought. Mostly because um, from the time I decided that we were going to definitely do this to now, there have already been like another um, six or 800 listens. So it's not going to take very long for us to hit 10,000. Um, I think we are at almost 8,000 now. And last week it was like barely 7,000. So, um, oh, and what am I going to give you? I, you know, I thought long and hard about it. Couldn't figure out what I wanted to do, but I finally decided I want to send this person, this winner, um, the uh the double tarot deck that i like so much there's it's called the book of shadows tarot um you can look it up on um, amazon but it's two decks one is a regular tarot deck um like with modern images and then the other one is an oracle deck that kind of follows this the standard of a regular tarot deck rider weight deck um but it has uh, i'll tell you all about it later I don't have to fall down that rabbit hole right now. It's my favorite um, two decks. They I use it a lot for um, any kind of uh, big question. You know, like if it's like <clears throat> a question like, should I leave my job? That's probably the deck I'm going to use. If I'm going to ask like, um, you know, what's going on with this person? Then I may use a different one. But that one is it's a big deck, two decks. Um, for big questions to me. So anyway, that's what that's what we'll give away. It's um, forty something dollars on Amazon. Um, so yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, let's take a short ad break and um, come back in just a second. Now back to the show. Okay, so I actually already finished recording the episode. I was just about to hit publish and I remembered something that I wanted to talk about. So um, I'm adding this back in. I may sound a little different than I did uh, in the rest of the episode because it's been a couple hours. Anyway, um, people talk about this time of year, the thinning of the veil. Um, so in October, we have Halloween. Um, and if you're Wiccan, you also have Samhain, um, and Samhain typically coincides very closely with Halloween, and it sort of has some of the same um, elements to it as Halloween. Like, it's, there's no trick-or-treating involved, but which is, you know, sad in my opinion, but uh, it is about, um, particularly focuses on um, people who have moved on. So the thinning of the veil thing, that's not just specific to Wicca. Um, it's very, very common across any aspect of witchcraft. 
people talk about the thinning of the veil, the veil is at its thinnest and stuff like that. So what does that mean? It is about like the thing that separates the living world from the spirit world or whichever other realm is, is related to spirits or whatever. (laughs) I could, I could possibly try to say that in a more vague way, but I'm not sure I actually could manage it. Um, you know, I get really weird when I'm, when I'm trying to talk about stuff like spirits and, and things like that, because it's, I don't know, it's really hard for me to explain what I mean and what I think. Um, like it's hard to put it into words. I feel like we are all part of the same consciousness and basically uh, we are all aspects of the universe experiencing itself sort of. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so with spirits and ghosts and and things like that, um, it is believed that in October, the, the, the thing that separates the living from the dead has become thinner and it becomes much more easy to cross that veil for them and for us and communicate with spirits and things like that. If you're an astral traveler, you may find that uh, astral traveling is also a little bit easier this time of year. Now, I don't know why it is supposed to be that the veil is so thin this time of year. Um, I suspect it probably has something to do with Halloween in general, um, because people have been celebrating All Saints, All Saints Eve, All Hallows Eve, yeah, All Hallows Eve, All Saints Day, um, for kind of a long time, I think. Um, and even before the official, those official days, people still, you know, knew that we were entering the dark part of the year, and things in the dark, you know, tend to be a little bit scarier. When you don't know what's out there, it gets a little bit scary. So people have been guarding against those scary things with things like um, jack-o'-lanterns in the way they used to do them a long time ago um, for a long time. So maybe maybe it has to do with, with us beginning to enter the dark half of the year. Maybe it's more about the autumnal equinox than it is about Halloween. Um, I don't know. But even if none of that is true, if you think about it, lots of people believe it is true. So lots of people are trying to communicate with, with, I don't know why it's so hard for me to say that. A lot of people are trying to communicate with spirits um, or whatever. And in my opinion, even if the whole thing about the veil and all that stuff, even if none of that's true, just the simple fact that there are so many more people actively trying to do it may make it a little bit easier to for someone else to get in touch with the spirits. You know, I mean, maybe it's sort of a collective force kind of thing. Um. So, yeah, that's all I really wanted to come back to say. Also, um, you may hear people talk about a a dumb dinner, dumb supper. Um, That is very, as far as I know, it's very Wiccan. Um, But it's certainly something that can be 
brought over into other um, other traditions, other belief systems, other whatever. Um, a dumb supper is when you um, you have a dinner, like uh, in the evening, where you you have people over. You could do it by yourself, or you could do it as like a dinner party, right? Everybody comes over, everybody's wearing their, you know, their black and looking all goth and, and all of that stuff. And then you set a place at the table um, for your honored guest. And in at this at this place, like you'll you'll fix them a plate and all of this stuff. The chair will be left empty. And this is an opportunity for you to um, have dinner with your loved one who has passed on. And no one is supposed to talk during the whole thing. Um, I guess, really, I, I guess there are a few different ways of people doing it. What I had originally heard was that, you know, no one talks during it. Um, oh, I don't know, all this other stuff. But then when I was part of that group and we did it, like there was nothing there was just a plate a place set and a table I mean a plate made and and a place set uh for you know this spirit but there was nothing else really about it I don't know so but anyway it's just something you can think about um okay I'm gonna stop talking now and uh move this back over to the rest of the episode where we're going to talk about Ouija boards um planchettes and uh uh oh yeah automatic writing okay bye-bye okay so today we're going to talk about communicating with spirits uh specifically using ouija boards automatic writing or planchettes um and i'm including all three of those together because in some ways the method is the same it's just you you kind of have a somewhat different tool to use. Um, so before we talk about them, uh, let's talk a little bit about the rules of, of communicating with spirits. Um, a lot of people will say that, you know, like as soon as you start talking about a spirit in, in your home or whatever, you know, at some point, it won't take long in the conversation for somebody to say, well, I don't think this is a spirit. I think it's a demon. And the demon is attached to you and you can't get rid of it. Like it's not just a ghost. You can't make it pass on because it's never been alive. It's not, you know, it's not a dead person's spirit. It's an entirely different entity <clears throat> somewhere between a God and um, a devil maybe, or something on the order of not angels, but the opposite end of that. Um, maybe the devil's henchman. I don't know. But for me personally, I don't believe in deities. I don't believe in gods. So it's kind of hard to believe in whatever level counterpart a demon is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the counterpart to like the god or <laughs> to God, the Christian god. Um, or even you know, possibly the counterpart to some sort of pagan gods, but, you know, I mean, it's supposed to be the evil counterpart to something good. 
Um, and since I don't really believe in deities and I, I don't really believe in good and evil in, in magic or really anything, it's hard for me to to say, oh, okay, this might be a demon because it just it, it just doesn't make sense to me. But all of that being said, in the same way that I may interact with a very good person in a day during a day, or I may interact with a very bad person during a day, in my opinion, there are there are presences outside of us. Okay. There are presences from another dimension or realm or whatever. And to me, they are the souls, the spirits of people who have died. Um, I feel like everybody is going to really have their own opinion on that. I'm just letting you know what how I feel about it. So um, in the same way that a person can be a really good person or a person can be a really bad person, you know, that entity that you are attempting to speak with, whether you call it a spirit or a demon or a ghost or whatever you want to call it, the, the presence that you may be trying to interact with may not be a good presence. So um, one thing that I do is, you know, I just start off by saying like that uh, I'm only communicating with, with benign presences and any sort of, um, any presence that has any sort of negative energy at the moment, you know, if they're feeling angry or violent or, you know, upset about anything, then this isn't the time for uh, the conversation with them. Because, you know, I kind of feel like, too, people can have a bad day and maybe be a little more aggressive or, or moody than they would be on a good day. And, you know, I mean, like, obviously, I'm not going to, you know, beat someone to death just because I'm having a bad day because that's not the kind of person I am. But, you know, I might, like, be more likely to flip somebody off in traffic or, you know, say something that I didn't mean or, or throw something if I was really upset, you know. Um, so I don't know, maybe ghosts can have a bad day too. <laughs> but anyway, what I do is I just try to, to say that if you're having a bad day, this isn't the place for you right now. Um, so uh, some of the other rules um, are, um, that you uh, have to say goodbye, and if you don't say goodbye, the the entity can attach to you forever and ever and ever, and uh, you'll never get rid of them. Um, and I guess that is the rule, whether it's a spirit, like a ghost or a demon. But um, I don't know. I kind of feel like it is it is a good idea to to be done to say this 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 session is over, you know, go do your thing. I'm going to go do mine. And I don't want you necessarily tagging along. Um, but I don't feel like it's one of those. I don't feel like if you don't do it, you basically just screwed your whole life up. Um, and then also people say a lot, don't ever use a Ouija board alone. You know, uh, I guess it's safety of numbers. It's not a bad idea, but I don't think that it's necessarily something like where you um, absolutely cannot do it. And if you do, now it's, again, attached to you. <laughs> I don't see how a, a spirit could attach to you anyway. But um, 
moving on. Uh, what's the other thing that they say a lot? Oh, yeah. Um, that you can't, don't ever burn a Ouija board because whatever, demon, I don't know. It's kind of all the same thing. If if you if you break these rules, the, the same bad thing is going to happen no matter what the situation is. It seems like to me anyway. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know if burning a Ouija board is bad or maybe they say don't put it in water or don't put it in the garbage. I don't know. It just seems like an awful lot of rules and regulations for something that isn't exactly going to follow rules and regulations anyway. Um, so, you know, take my cavalier attitude with a grain of salt um, and do what you feel is the best and the safest thing for you to do. That being said, you know, it's not a bad idea to follow these these rules and guidelines. You know, what I mean, it's not going to hurt you to to say goodbye. Um, so, you know, maybe it's not a bad idea, but I'm just saying if a situation should come up and like you and your friends, um, use a Ouija board and then you realize later that you forgot to say goodbye, like it's okay. Just calm down. <laughs> like you're not going to have anything to deal with unless you believe you are because that's how magic works. Okay. Anyway. Um, so a Ouija board. I'm sure you all know what a Ouija board is, but uh, just just in case, a Ouija board is um, usually found in the board game section in stores, you know, maybe toy stores or department stores or whatever, um, usually found in the board game section, which is interesting because I, I really don't feel like it is a game. Like, I feel like it is something that you should use some level of um, maturity with. But yeah, that's where you'll find it in stores would be in the game section. It's the one that has uh, like the alphabet um, is printed over, you know, it's like in a few rows and it's got a row of numbers and it's got a yes and no and goodbye. There may be some other words on there. Um, and it comes with a little thing that you put your fingers on. Um, sometimes it's kind of triangular. Uh, sometimes it has like a, a window in the triangle part. And this, this thing, this is called the planchette, it's going to point to the letter um, that it wants you to, to see. Um, so when you're actually using it, um, you everyone sits around the board, you put your fingertips on the planchette and then you ask the question. And then the planchette moves to um, yes or no or whatever letter. If, if it's moving to letters, then it's gonna spell out a word. Um, so, uh, when you are, um, when you're using a Ouija board, well, let me, hold on, let me back up. Okay, so the Ouija board comes with a planchette. Automatic writing may also come with a planchette. Some planchettes are just the triangular thing or, you know, some shape of thing that uh, will point to um, a number or letter or will have a window for a number or letter. Some planchettes actually have, um, they don't sit flat on the board. They kind of have these little legs and a little pencil and you use those for automatic writing. 
we'll get into that a little bit more in a second. I wanted to, to say also that you can you don't have to buy a Ouija board. You can make one. You can just get a piece of paper um, or maybe like a, a larger piece of paper um, and write the alphabet on it. Yes, no, hello, goodbye, whatever. And then use something, you know, like a shot glass or, or something like that to use as your planchette. And then it still works the same way. Um, so it's not, it's not the Ouija board itself that has any sort of uh, significance. It's just that's a common um, tool and they usually have a pretty cool design where they look kind of spooky. Um, so yeah, planchette with automatic writing, you use that with a large um, like sketch pad. Uh, you don't you don't really want to use it with like a like just a piece of notebook paper. You know you want to have a bigger a bigger um, paper for that. And then the other one is automatic writing. So automatic writing on its own without a planchette, you use a big piece of paper and you hold the pencil or pen or whatever, and then the ghost through you writes things down. Um, in my opinion. If I was going to say any of these are dangerous, I would say the Ouija board is the least dangerous, whereas automatic writing may be the more dangerous one. Because it's one thing to me, it's one thing to say, okay, a ghost is moving this planchette pointing to a letter. Um, it's another thing to say the ghost is taking control of my body and writing words through me. I, that one, that one creeps me out a little bit. Um, but you know, maybe I have control issues. So, um, so now that you know what the tools are, how do you use them? The, you know, it's so hard to talk about because there's the different, there's a difference between, you know, having a slumber party and, after the pillow fight, everybody, you know, crowds around the Ouija board to see what, you know, the, the ghost has to say. There's a difference between that and like a real legitimate, serious reading. Um, so I don't want you thinking of this in a way of like uh, Hollywood, because like with all things Hollywood, that's not really how it is in real life. You know, as much as I would love to be able to shoot lightning bolts out of my fingertips, that's not what witchcraft is. And when you're communicating with the spirits, same thing. That's that's really not how it's, how it's done. It just looks cool for TV. So if you are going to communicate with spirits by using Ouija board automatic writing or planchette automatic writing, the first thing you're going to want to do is figure out, do you know who it is that you're going to be talking to? You know, like, do you have a suspicion like, oh, I think this is my grandpa and I want to talk to him. Um, are you calling a spirit that is already in your home? Or are you calling out to the spirit of someone you know who has passed on? Um, that's what people usually do. They're like, I want to talk to my grandpa who has passed on more than I feel like the ghost that's in my house is my grandpa. Um, to me, it seems more, 
I don't know. It seems easier if I feel like the ghost is already in my in my space or if I'm in a space where the ghost already is than trying to get some spirit's attention uh, when, you know, they're on some other realm. And I don't know, maybe they're off playing croquet with the other ghosty people. I, I don't know. But it just seems kind of easier to me to use what is already potentially in front of me. But anyway, so you have either gone to a place where there are ghosts and you're trying to communicate with the ghosts who are there, or you're trying to reach out to a spirit um, of someone that you love who has passed on. Like you have a question. That's what a lot of people are like. You know, there's unfinished business. They have a question for someone who's passed on and um, now they want to reach out to them so that they can ask that question and get that answer. Um, so, so, all right, you know who it is, now what? It's good if you can figure out a list of questions. Like, I would recommend if you're going to be reaching out to someone specifically, it's a good idea to, to ask some questions where you can confirm that the spirit that you're talking to is them. Um, like, um, what color was that dress I wore on my, my eighth birthday, you know, and if they type or spell out red and the dress was yellow, maybe you're not talking to who you think you're talking to. So it's just a good idea to confirm um, what you're doing and make sure that, that you're doing what you think you're doing. Um, and then you may be asking questions of a spirit who is um, in your home or whatever space you're in and you don't know who they are. Uh, so you may be asking them things like, what year is it? Um, what's your name? Are you a boy or a girl or um, non, you know, binary, whatever. Uh, what I'm getting at is you, you have to know what you're going to ask. And it's better if you can avoid like yes, no questions. Like if you say, um, are you, are you a woman and they're not a woman? They'll say no, but, you know, like the answer may not be that they're a man, you know, like it's better if you can say, what is your gender? Um, I feel like that's a strange question to ask a ghost. But anyway, I think y'all probably get my point. Open-ended questions are better than yes, no questions. Um, so you know who you want to talk to and you know what you want to ask when it comes to the time of, of using, um, any sort of device to communicate with a spirit. It's really good to do some meditative work, you know, get yourself into that sort of magical mindset where you're connecting with energies, um, beyond yourself and, uh, make sure that you are not in a negative headspace. You know, like that's not the right time for you to, to try to communicate with a ghost if you're in a negative headspace. And then, um, you know, do some meditation. Maybe you want to light some candles, burn some incense, something like that. I don't think I would necessarily do like a cleansing at that moment unless you're going to very specifically do a cleansing that's only to get rid of negative energies. That could be a very good idea. But, you know, 
depending on how you do it, you may be preventing um, a spirit from being able to, to come in and make that contact that you're looking for. So, uh, so yeah. Um, so then you ask your questions, write down your answers. And then what happens after that is very subjective. I mean, you can say goodbye, first of all. I mean, I would say goodbye just because it's polite. You know, uh, like, I'm releasing you from this conversation and you can go on about your business now because I'm going to go on about mine and you don't need to come with me. Um, but it's not necessary, like we've talked about. Um, but then after that, you've got your answers. So what are you going to do with that? Is time to really uh, contemplate on what answers you received, like, and not just what the answers are, but, you know, like if you needed to ask your grandpa something like, you know, did you and grandma break up because of me, which is really sad and um, hopefully not a question that you would need to ask, but um, in addition to evaluating what the answer was, you know, it could be good to evaluate why you asked it and how you're going to use that information going forward. Um, another point that I wanted to make is, uh, oh, shoot, what was it? <sighs> why do I do this all the time? It's okay. I'll probably think of it later. Um, so, uh, oh, yeah. I remembered. <laughs> don't ask questions that you don't want the answer to. That's important in all aspects of life, um, but especially when you're dealing with any kind of divination or um, really any kind of magic in general, don't go looking for something that you don't want to find. If finding out that your boyfriend is cheating on you is going to absolutely destroy you, Maybe don't ask that question. I mean, if you feel that strongly that that your boyfriend is cheating on you, maybe you need to have a conversation with him or not. But don't ask questions to things that you don't actually want to know the answer to. That's just bad business. Because sometimes the answer that you get, it, it may be something that causes you some trauma. And... You need to be prepared, even if it is something that you do want to know the answer to. You need to be prepared for the emotional fallout that they can come after. Um, and then uh, I wanted to tell, talk a little bit about how to do automatic writing. Um, when you're going to do automatic writing, this is not something I've actually done personally. So I'm only speaking from... Um, from an outside perspective, but essentially you do the same kind of meditating, get yourself in a good place, open yourself up to the energies around you. And then you're going to have, whether you're using a planchette or um, a piece of, or like a, a large paper sketch pad type of paper, um, it's a good idea to use like um, a felt tip pen. A pencil lead can break and 
you don't want that to happen when you're um, when you're in the middle of an automatic writing session. Not only can it break, like if if you're truly automatic writing, you may be pushing a lot harder or from um, a less perfect angle um, with a pencil. So it may be more likely for the pencil to break. I meant for the lead to break than um, than it is at another time. And then with the ballpoint pen, it's kind of the same thing, you know, whether using a gel or regular ballpoint ink, it's got to have that right angle in order to uh, put the mark on the paper. So felt tip pen, Sharpie, something like that's a good idea. So uh, you have cleared your mind, you are in a, you know, meditative state, um, you have the pen in hand, and now what? So you can ask a question or not. You can just open yourself up to the energies. Um, I would recommend that you say what you're doing. You know, like, you know, speaking any benign presence in this space, um, any presence with a negative, um, negative emotions or negative feelings right now. This isn't the time for you, blah, blah, blah. And then you might say, I'm working, I'm trying to communicate with you and you can use me to push words onto the paper. Personally, I wouldn't say you can come into me in order to do this. That would make me feel really creeped out. But uh, I think it's okay to say you can use me to, to push words onto the paper. I don't think that's necessarily like an invitation. Um, but yeah, then what you do is when you start, you may kind of start by loosely drawing, you know, like circles on, on the paper, like moving your hand in the shape of a circle is, is kind of, kind of what I'm trying to say. Um, just get it moving so that, you know, body emotion stays in motion, blah, blah, blah. It may be easier for, um, a spirit to move it in the in the right way once it's already started and then um, you're just going to continue focusing on meditating you're not going to think about thoughts you're not going to think about what your hand is doing you're just going to focus on meditating and then at some point when you're done then you go back and you look at what you've done if you um you may find that all you have is a whole bunch of, of like circles, scribbled circles. Um, you may find that there are words in there. And then, you know, now we're back to the same place where you need to evaluate what you have. Even if all you get is just that you were doing the circles, you know, um, it's not circles really, you know, it's like uh, just going round and round without picking up your pen. So you, um, even if all you have is those, those marks going round and round, evaluate what it looks like, because you may get a picture instead of words. Um, you may get some, uh, you may need to sort of, uh, do some interpretation, you know, like, um, look for any kind of symbolism, like maybe something, maybe one of the some of the uh, lines crossed in a way that the space in between the line looks like something. 
Um, and what does that mean to you? How is that significant to you? Like if it's a bird, maybe it means something about travel or maybe it means something about um, gossip or I don't know. I'm trying to think what a bird might mean. I don't know. It's going to be specific to you because that is where the divination aspect of it comes in. Um, and then, you know, uh, to me, is it, it, I still don't really like the automatic writing. I don't think I'll, I'll ever do that. Like, I kind of want to just to see if something happens, but I also feel like I might be a little bit too um, chicken to do it. So anyway, that is uh, Ouija boards and planchettes and automatic writing. If you're using the planchette, it's basically the same thing, but you put your fingertips on the planchette, the, the type that has the uh, pencil in it, put your fingertips on it, and uh, you can still start off by making those um, like circular motions, but then it will potentially begin to form words instead of just the circles. Same, same premise, um, slightly different method. It all kind of works the same, though, which is why I wanted to do them all together. Uh, so, yeah, I think that just about covers it. Um, what are your experiences with Ouija boards and automatic writing and stuff? Have you had an experience where you felt like that was definitely something and uh, I don't know what happened next? Like. I'd love to hear your stories. I really would. I played with a Ouija board when I was a kid. I really haven't done it since then. But um, and the Ouija board I played with was homemade, by the way. Um, but I haven't really done it since then. I haven't really felt a need to. But I would love to hear your stories about it. So let me know on Twitter, Facebook group. You can even, I think, still send a message here on Anchor if that's what you want to do. Oh, and I set up this thing. Um where you, like I don't know some kind of supporters thing or something I don't know I guess uh if you look on the anchor site you'll see it but I don't know <laughs> I may or may not leave it I guess it's where you guys can send like a dollar or something I think it's kind of uh strange I'm just kind of blowing a bunch of hot air over here <laughs> but yeah anyway um let me know what you've done with with uh Ouija boards and automatic writing and planchettes and stuff like that. And I'll give you all the details about the giveaway very, very, very soon. Okay, bye.